Hello, and welcome to the Salt Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. Join us as we explore God's Word, providing practical teaching for day-to-day living. The message you are about to hear was recorded live at our Sunday morning worship experience. If you would like to learn more about Salt Church, please visit us at saltchurch.org. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. I just want to say thank you to our tech team who uh, kind of managed through through this. I know it's, it's tough being a mobile mobile church at times. You're probably going to hear some buzzing in the speakers and things like that because we've had some extreme technical difficulties this morning. And our, our, we got here this morning and our sound was, our soundboard wouldn't fire up. I mean, it just didn't do anything. So, <laughs> so we might have, we might be looking at a sound a soundboard issue. Hey, I hear some buzzing in the in the speakers a little bit. You like to fix that? And I'm going to come down here since I don't have a monitor today, and I'm going to like kind of. Kind of, kind of share from the floor. Is that okay? I can get down. We're at your level a little bit today. Well, it's so great to have you here with us at, at Salt Church today. We are so thankful that you're that you've made it out on a very cold morning. Actually, it was, it was freezing this morning. I don't know about you, but I walked outside. Yeah, it was frost all over the ground. And uh, you know, mornings like this, you just want to stay in. You know? But uh, it's good to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Uh, just just to be here today with you guys um, is amazing. Before I uh, share in our part three of our, our message series, uh, Relationship Goals, I do want to kind of share with you a little bit about where we are as a church. Um, I shared a little bit last week, and some of you were here and some of you weren't. So um, if you weren't here, just kind of recapping on, on where we are. Um, we, we, at the beginning of the year, I shared some vision for our church, where we want to go, um, and uh, some, some, some big vision that God has put in my heart for Salt Church. Um, and uh, one of the primary things we have been aiming for is a new location. Uh, we've been meeting here for a few years now, and, um, and uh, it's been, we've been blessed but we are looking uh, to do a lateral move somewhere where we can be more of a presence in the community and uh, our face can be, be known a little more. And, and uh, primarily, and, and why behind the what, we're not moving just to move. We move because we want to influence more people. We want to reach more people for Jesus Christ. We're going to do everything we can. We're going to uh, put ourselves in places. That's some. That's that's what I challenged our church this year with. Is is that we're going to try new things. We're going to try different things. We're not going to get comfortable. We're going to get comfortably uncomfortable so that we can reach more people for Jesus. So we did have. Uh, we've been looking for a while, and right now we have uh, Elevation Twenty Seven who is opening their doors to us to meet there. Uh, it's an excellent. Uh, venue uh, for worship services and worship experiences but to move there we have a hefty goal uh, we need we need finances we need finances to do this because this place although it's great for our worship experience it's not necessarily great for our kids so we've been looking for some possibilities of getting some pla- a classroom trailer for our children and and, uh, and doing some things there so last week I shared with you that we have a goal of uh, $20,000 that we're raising towards this and I dropped another bomb on you last week and this was a big one because um, not a lot of uh, in fact I was talking to someone who's the head of a a major nonprofit and he says this is amazing because I don't see many people doing this in the nonprofit world but we are going to give 
20% of everything that you give, that you give towards Elevate 2020 is what we're calling it, towards our $20,000 goal. We're giving 20% of it to what we're calling West uh, Wade's Army. If you could show show Wade's Army up here, I think we got something um, on, on the uh, display screen. Um, we Let me just share a little bit behind that. Um, Wesley, this little boy up here, was one of our very first salt kids. And uh, we lost him to the battle, to, to a battle, uh, battle cancer. Um, he fought really hard. His family still super supportive of our church. They live in Florida now. Uh, they moved out that way. But I, I just felt like God, I wanted to do more. I wanted to do more. Hey, if I'm going to ask our church to be generous, we're going to be generous as a church. Amen. If we're going to step out in faith and do something like this, if I'm asking you to step out in faith, I'm going to step out in faith. We're going to step out in faith as, as a church. So we're giving 20% of everything that we bring into Wade's Army. It's an organization that, that helps families uh, that are going through the, the nightmare of, of, of childhood cancer. And uh, they're also, they also support uh, research, child, uh, childhood cancer research. Did you know, I think less than 1% of government aid actually goes to childhood cancer research. That, that's, that's a very small percentage. So we want to do what we can do. And this was an organization that uh, Amber and Peter Zuberg, the, the, the uh, parents of Wesley, I, I asked them, I said, what, what, what organization do you, can we help? How can we help? What do you believe in? What? And they went right to this organization. So they're doing an excellent job. They're, they're providing uh, financial support, medical help, um, just all kinds of things they're, they're doing for those families. So they don't have to worry about their bills, they don't have to worry about their house, they don't have to worry about losing everything, and they're they're helping these families, and also really, really working hard to find a cure for childhood cancer. So 20% of everything that you give at LA 2020 to earn our goal, to get us to where we want to go, to get us over on Alaskan Road, uh, we're going to give that away. We're going to give that away. So let's step up and get, right now, I think we've got... We're, we've hit about 5% of our goal. <laughs> we broke 1,000, so we've only got 19,000 more to go. So I'm just asking you to pray and consider, even today, what you can do. Every little bit helps. Anything that you can do. Uh, to, to, and I, if you give $1,000 or more, here's another thing. We've got some really cool, is anybody wearing their salt? Sweatshirt. Okay, Hillary, stand up real quick. You get one of these lovely shirts, <laughs> and we'll have some ball caps as well coming in, and uh, we'll, you'll, you'll be you'll get a gift from us for your thousand dollars plus donation to to our, our cause. But you know, it is really about why. It's not about what we do. It's it's why we do it. It's why we do it because there's a lot of people out there that are that are without hope, and we want to be the hope. We want to be a light to all that puts all we're seeing. You know, I just I just envision people reaching up to God in the darkness, just begging for mercy, begging for mercy. And we have a God of love that that wants to reach down, reaching down in this world. The light came down into the darkness, and He was the light of life. And he brought life and brings life to people. Let's be a life in the church that brings life to people. Let's do everything we can to, to reach people who are just in desperate places.
in the dark places. And God is their rescuer. We show them that He is the rescuer through our church, through the church, uh, in our in the world. You know, God used the church, has, has used the church throughout the centuries, and even today, to reach people for Jesus. And uh, we're going to be that shining example. Amen. Okay, well, we're in part three of our series called Relationship Goals. And if there is some buzzing in the mics, I apologize. We're kind of, we're, we, we, we uh, I, know, I know for me it kind of is a little annoying for me. <laughs> That's just because, but I know for some of you it might be that way as well. So I do apologize if there's any tech issues today. Um, it's white noise. It, yeah, it might put you to sleep, actually. I'm too boring. So I get louder, so I keep you away, right? So, all right. Uh, so we've been working uh, through a series in reference to relationships, and some of you have come off of Valentine's Day, right? And uh, some of you have enjoyed Valentine's Day, and some of you think that absolutely you have invented, right? <laughs> uh, uh, so it depends on where you are. So we are working on our relationships and preparing for our future relationships. So whether you're single, whether you're, whether you're married, there is a message here for you. And uh, all of us kind of know the term if we're connected to Instagram or social media, the hashtag relationship goals. And the, the idea is when you see a post of a picture of a lovely couple kissing or whatever, you think hashtag relationship goals. But the truth is it's ideal, but it's not real. So we're really looking at what relationships are underneath the pretty pictures, underneath the relationship goals, tags, and all the beautiful pictures. As, as we compare ourselves to other people's lives, we need to take a step back and wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, how can I have the best relationships? Because it's not real. It's not real. Not all relationships are, are good. And it's important for us to be intentional about our relationships. So whether you're married or not, we need to be intentional. Because uh, no one goes into a relationship saying, oh, this is going to be a disaster 10, 15 years down the road. Nobody goes into a relationship set and says, I'm going to buy a bunch of shiny things and I'm going to drown in debt. And then one day we're going to fight over the stuff that we've collected one day. And then we're eventually going to part ways because of those arguments. Nobody says, I'm going to be a, a porn addict and have uncontrollable lust and, and have no intimacy with my partner. Nobody walks into a relationship or a marriage with that idea. Nobody says, I'm going to start out with small lies and lie to my partner and then work up to medium-sized lies. Lies and then have big lies and then um, and then deceive my other half and then crush their heart. Nobody goes into relationships like that. Nobody gets says I'm going to be so busy with my life, with my work situation, with my chores, with my kids that I'm going to neglect my spouse and we're going to drift apart and feel like we're just roommates. Nobody starts off marriage, starts off a relationship thinking that it's going to end up there. Nobody desires to do that. But it happens all the time. So we are not going to go into relationships accidentally, okay? We're going to be purposeful. We are going to be intentional about our relationship goals. So whether you're preparing or you're in your marriage. So last week, we, or, or the first week, we talked about a Christ-centered marriage. How if we put Christ in the center of our marriage, it, it, it gives us purpose. It gives us identity. It helps us flourish. And, and uh, anything else in the center of that marriage 
destroys that marriage. So we need a Christ-centered marriage. The second thing we talked about last week is a mission-driven marriage, that we need to have one common goal, unity, a mission, a driving force that we both are aimed at, and together we're better on mission. So today I want to talk about, and I think this is significantly important, devil stomping. We're going to be a devil stomping couple. In my relationships, we're going to be devil stomping. Now, a lot of you are like, devil stomping, what does that mean? Well, it means, you, it means exactly what it means. You're going to stomp the devil. You're going to kick the devil. You're going to get him out of the way. He's not going to be a part of my home. He's not going to be a part of my relationship. Next week, um, we're going to talk about covenant keeping, a covenant keeping relationship. We're going to look at those and I'd invite you to come back for that if you're new with us and, and, and they all build on top of each other. So what do I mean uh, by devil stomping specifically? Here's the deal. The enemy hates everything that matters to God and everything that matters to you. If you're a Christ follower, he, 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 he does not like you. And that's why Paul says to put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand against all strategies of the devil. He says, put all of God's armor on for we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities in where in the unseen world. So your fight is not against your spouse. Your fight is against something else that's happening that you can't see in the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world. Now I want you to imagine just for a minute that the devil and all of his demons and all of hell are scheming and they're watching and they're strategizing and they're studying you to kill your marriages and kill your relationship. Imagine that just for a second. All of hell is strategizing is studying, is watching your every move, watching your every step, taking note of your every action to strategize all the demons, all the, all the, all the rulers of dark places watching you and strategizing against you because whatever God blesses, Satan curses. Whatever God blesses, Satan curses. Whatever God loves, Satan hates. And he wants to destroy you. So if you're struggling in your relationship, if you're frustrated, if you're angry, if you're upset, if you're hurt, if you're afraid, if you're losing trust, your spouse is not your enemy. There is a spiritual power that is working behind what's going on. And we need to keep that in mind. Just, just imagine for a minute if, if someone broke out of prison and they were a murderer and they were a thief. They broke out of prison, and they knew who you were, and they had been studying you, and they had been looking at you, and, and they know where you live, and, and they're coming after you. What would you do? I don't think I would be sitting back on the couch eating potato chips watching movies, right? We would be preparing. We would, we would get guardrails around our house. We'd probably put bars up on our windows, right? We would probably get the best... Uh, a security system that money can buy and put in our house. We get lights that uh, motion lights to spot spot people. We would warn our neighbors. We would warn our family. We would warn everybody. We would do everything we could do. We would get a dog that bites, right? And we'd have them really uh, close by. And uh, we would keep praying. We would we would uh, we would. 
planned a defense strategy, right? We would, if he comes into my house, if she comes into my house, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to have a gun. I'm going to have a knife. I'm going to have whatever it takes to fight this person and to protect my family and to protect protect my uh, my my home. I'm going to protect my home. We would do that. Well, in the same way, Peter tells us to do this exact thing with the enemy. This is what Peter tells us to do. He says. In 1 Peter 5, 8, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. So stay alert. You know he's coming after you because here, here's who he is. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Can I say it like this? He's prowling around looking for a marriage to devour. He's looking for someone to devour, a relationship to devour. He wants to hurt you. He does not like you. He does not love you. He, he does not love anything that God loves. And God loves you, therefore he hates you. Now, Satan doesn't just come in, hey, guys, hey, I'm getting ready to attack, right? Hey, everything's going well, so prepare, get ready, here I come. Here I'm, I'm getting ready to tromp on you, I'm getting ready to, to, to prowl at you or, or growl at you. I mean, no lion does that, do they? What do you, when you watch a lion, when you watch National Geographic, what do you see? Uh, or if you've been to Africa and you've watched the lions, what do they do? They, they, they prowl around and they watch and they sneak and they study and they look and they wait and they wait and they wait for the wildebeest. At the very moment, they pounce on them. So he's not sitting there like, oh, hey, here I come, roar. And the lion jumps out and says, roar, here I am, you know. And uh, you know, the wildebeest and the antelope, they're, they're just going to run, Right? There's no way he can, he can gather his food that way. He studies them. In the same way, Satan studies you. And he uses two methods. And there's two things I want to talk about. It's distractions and seductions. He uses uh, uh, distractions and seductions. Let me just talk about distractions for a second. Eve was distracted by the fruit of the garden. Solomon was distracted by the people he was trying to please. Judas was distracted by money, right? He uses distractions all the time. I love the Song of Songs. Um, it's, it's a beautiful book. It's actually a very edgy book. I did a series on it last year and kind of walked through the Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon. Solomon wrote this book to his bride, uh, to his lover, and uh, it's, it's a real kind of, it's a book that will make you blush if you, if you read it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a sexually tension, sexual tension book. It's, it's got a lot of, of, of symbolism in it. It has a lot of things about what a relationship should be and how you should treat your, your other half, how you should treat your wife, how you should treat the person that you're with the rest of your life. In fact, in the Jewish culture, young people were not even allowed to read the book until they became of age. Because it was so edgy, it was so borderline. You know, you bet. Yeah, naughty if you want to use that word. And throughout the book, he, he compliments his bride. He says this. He says, uh, uh, "Your hair is like a flock of goats, Miranda. Your hair is like a flock of goats." Now, I don't recommend you on Valentine's Day uh, compliment your bride that way. Okay. Or your teeth is like sheep, right? Your teeth is like sheep. Or your neck is like a tower. <laughs> you have a tower neck, right? 
I was on a line the other day in a Babylon Bee. I don't know if you're familiar with the satire, Christian satire thing, Babylon Bee. And this came up the other day. If you'll show that real quick. Uh, it's uh, Conversation Hearts from Solomon. Hey, Tower Deck. <laughs> Your breast equal funds, right? You have goat hair, or your teeth are sheep, right? So, I mean, putting it in our context, I wouldn't recommend that in your relationships, but in that day, in that context, it was a beautiful thing to say. Uh, eloquent things to her, uh, lifting her up and, and talking about her beauty. But then he gets very serious. He goes through all that, and he's very serious in, in, in one passage, in several passages, and he kind of repeats this throughout the book. And in Psalms 2, 14 and 15, he says this, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that rule in the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. Catch the foxes. What, what does he mean by the foxes? Well, the foxes would often, in that culture, come into the great vineyards, the vineyards uh, that were planted, and they would eat the blossoms. They'd eat the little blossoms off the trees, and the blossoms weren't able to produce or fall off the trees and produce the fruit they wanted to. So these foxes were coming in, and they were little, and they were insignificant creatures, but they would come in and ruin entire vineyards. See, this is the, what he's saying here is the enemy will distract you like little foxes with it will be like little foxes. It won't be a big, obvious thing. It will be little, small things. And he will distract you with those foxes. Perhaps one of those foxes is comparison. Maybe you compare your relationship to somebody else, right? You go on social media, you look at hashtag relationship goals, and you say, I want that. And you don't even know what that is, right? You just see a picture. You don't know what's going on underneath that, but you look at that, and you're like, man, I wish my husband would do that. I wish my husband would romanticize me that way. Or maybe you, you're with a, a co-worker in the office and, and she's treating you with so much respect and, and talking and doing little things uh, for you. And it might just be little things but you begin to think about it. You're like, I wish my wife would do that. I wish my wife would respect me that way. Maybe I didn't love relationship. You know, you start, you start having those thoughts. Those little foxes. And Solomon tells us to, to, to cut those little foxes out. Don't let the little foxes in to our relationships. It could be fights over money. Maybe it's just talks about money, right? And just little things about where we're spending our money. And they, they come in and we, 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 you don't have a plan and you have no agreement. There's no trust over your money. Maybe one of you is, is dealing with control. Maybe you have control issues. Or maybe you're critical and you're very nitpicky about things. And they're little things. But they, or, or maybe one of you is passive, aggressive. And one of you is uh, passive and the other is aggressive. And, and you're dealing with those things. The little things, the nitpicky things, the, the meaningless things that often come in and the devil uses those things to trigger our anger, to trigger our anxieties, our, secure, our insecurities, and fears. And he uses them against us. He will tell you, you know, you're really compatible. You should have never made that decision together. You never should have even walked across that aisle. You should have never done, you, you, you should, you're not compatible. The little foxes that come in and distract us from our relationships, what meaningful relationships 
The second thing is seduction. He attacks us through seduction. He seduces us. He seduces us. I think it's interesting um, about sexual temptations that 60% of divorces cite pornography as a factor in the divorce. 60% over half. If that's true, this is an issue. And it's worth talking about, right? Sexual temptations. Paul says in Ephesians, but among you there must not be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity. We don't even want a hint. We don't even want to crack the door open. What is a hint? For many people, a hint may be different things. But let me just put you through a little test here for a minute. Let's play a little game. When is there a hint of sexual sin? When is there just a hint? Okay? Okay, here's one. You lie to your spouse. You go meet someone. You met online. You go to a hotel and have an affair. That's pretty obvious, right? That, that's a hint. Wouldn't you say? Would you agree with me? Yeah, that's a hint. How about this? When you binge, wa- uh, you binge watch pornography on your phone, you lust all the time, you can't control your urges, yada, yada. I think it's pretty, I think all of us say, yeah, there's, there's a hint of sexual immorality there, right? Yeah, we would agree with that. Well, how about this? Let, let's just bring it down a little bit. And maybe it's not full-blown pornography, but maybe it's a Netflix original program. It has a little bit of sex in it. Once in a while, you'll see parts, body parts, and this and that, you know. But but it's not showing everything. Is that a hint? How about if you dress provocatively and post on Instagram and, and put hashtag blessed or whatever it is? Is that a hint? <laughs> right. Or, or or borderline inappropriate conversations with your coworker, someone who's not you're not in a relationship with. What would you say to that? Is, that? is that a hint? Let me just get real with you just for a minute. Not a hint. This is not Leon. This is not Pastor. This is the Word of God. It says, not even a hint of sexual immorality. We need to slam the door shut on sexual immorality. Let, I, I equate impurities to poisonous snakes. Now, if you're walking down a path and you see a copperhead in front of you, what are you going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to come way over here. I'm going to get over you guys, and I'm going to I'm going to get over here. You know, I'm going to get away from it, right? I'm going to get away from that snake, that poisonous snake, because I know if I get bitten, you know, things going to happen. I'm going to stay away from it, right? But so many of us do this. We draw the line of sin. I'm getting just this close to it. I'll just get this little bit closer to it. A little bit closer to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, come on, come on. Come on, you know? We play and we flirt with poisonous snakes. Here's what Proverbs says about that. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of the wicked. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. He gives you four things to do. Avoid it, do not travel on it, turn from it, and go on your way. So what am I going to do? I'm going to distance myself from anything and everything that will compromise or potentially compromise my marriage and my relationships. I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to get away from it. I'm going to slam the door on it. Not even a hint. So if, I, if, if, if I'm in a vulnerable place on my phone, if, if I have issues on my phone, guess what? I'm going to, I'm going to block 
my phone. I'm going to keep myself. I'm going to block myself off of Instagram if there's issues there. If 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 I if I'm doing anything that would begin to to affect my my relationship or sexual temptations, I'm going to I'm going to immediately get rid of that phone. I'm going to limit access to that. I'm not going to eat alone with somebody in an intimate environment that uh, may compromise my relationship with this, with uh, a person with the opposite, of the opposite sex. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to cut that off. You, I'm, I'm not going to have ongoing uh, conversations with people on social media that might be tempting me to think differently about my relationship and what I could have with them. I, I'm not going to, if, if a gym is a problem for you, for instance, going to the gym, if, if, that, if that's an issue for you, you know, maybe you need to start working out at home. Right? I'm going to slam the door shut. I don't. You don't follow people visually or relationally that will tempt you. You don't follow old boyfriends and old girlfriends if you think those are going to be a problem. We have to cut those off. If somebody is at your job and they are making you think differently, if you feel like it's it's going too far and your your conversations are a bit too much, inappropriate, what do you do? You cut those off. You change your position. You go to another place in the company to work. If there's not another place in the company to work, you start looking for another job. You need to cut it off. Not a hint of sexual immorality. Cut it off. You want to be blessed? You want a relationship that matters? You want a relationship that makes a difference? You cut it off. You want relationships that are strong, that are pure, that are Christ-centered, mission-driven. You cut it off. You be a devil-stomping believer. You be a devil-stomping relationship. You be a devil-stomping couple. You go away with those things. Shut the door on those things. Why fight a temptation in the future if you have the power to eliminate it today? Why? Why would you leave the door open when you have the power to shut that door today? Don't wait to do it. Do it now. Shut it off. You can cut off that temptation right away. Now, there's two extremes that some people may be dealing with here. You know, one of those extremes is like, oh, Pastor, it's just too much. Why do you like that? I can't be with another woman or another man. I mean, that's just kind of what we are. So maybe you're there and, and uh, you're thinking, man, he's just that, that's just too far. And some of you may be on the other extreme. Man, I'm so trapped. I'm so trapped I don't even see it out. I'm so caught up in what I'm in. I don't know how to get out of it. Well, I've got good news for both extremes. You'll look at 1 Corinthians, Paul shares, it says, So if you think you are standing firm, for those who, what does he mean? Those who are cocky, those who think they got it together, it's not going to bother my relationship, everything's going to go. If you think you are standing firm, he says, be careful that you don't fall. And then he goes on to say, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful because we have a faithful God, right? He's there for us. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Meaning there is no temptation that he will place before you that you can't bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide 
a way out so you can endure it. We have a God that is faithful. We have a God that is with us. So any temptation that comes into our, our lives, gets in our way, whatever, he's given us the power. He's given us the ability. He's given us the strength. And he's walking with us faithfully. He will not allow us to be attempted past what we are capable of handling. Some people say, well, he does give you more because it, it, then you can handle because it makes you stronger. Well, maybe so. It gives you a way out. Going back to the not married people, a lot of this is not for me today. In fact, I've messed a big chunk of the series myself because you know, it's, it's not for me. And, and uh, you're kind of listening to me again today, and you're like, ah, I don't need this. But here's the deal the devil attacks you too. The devil attacks you just as well as marriages. And today matters. Today matters. The decisions you made today matter. Some of you have been distracted and some of you have been seduced by your, uh, away from your first love. Some of you are living that way now and you're seeing this. You've been seduced. You've been dis distracted. And, and, I, and, and maybe some of you are like, you know, one day I'll walk straight and narrow. One day, you know, I just want to do my thing now. I mean, I know what's right, but I'll have a blessed marriage someday. I'll be faithful someday. I'll follow Christ someday. I'll be Christ-centered, mission-driven someday. But right now, I'm kind of where I am, and I just want to kind of continue what I'm doing. Let me, let me tell you, I tell it this every week, I say this every week, and I, I say, I'll say it again, and I'm going to say it again next week, okay? You don't build a life of righteousness in the future on a foundation of sin today. You don't live in sin today expecting to have a righteous future. Every decision you make is important today. You don't build a life of righteousness in the future on a foundation of sin today, not a hint. Not a hint. Don't even crack the door open because you are worth so much more than that. You are worth so much more. God's got great plans for your life. He wants to use you. He wants to use you now. He's not going to wait. He doesn't want to wait to use you way in the future. He wants to use you now. He wants to bless your life. The influence and the impact that you have, purpose, you are built on purpose. You were made for a purpose. Not a hint. Something that I think is important to do is, is when you're ever, I, I shared this a few years ago, I'm kind of repeating it again. Some of you have been with us for a while, probably have heard this, but uh, we always have new people coming in, so I, I kind of repackage this sometimes. But I think it's important that whenever you're in, you're tempted to do something that might hurt your spouse or hurt your relationship, hurt your marriage, you need to play it for What would happen if I did this? Whenever I'm, I'm tempted, I visualize the destruction that it comes. I just look at it, I visualize it. And here's what I know. I know that if I ever was unfaithful, First of all, I'd have to one day meet God face to face. 
That, that's, that's a big deal. And I have to stand before you and give an account of the decisions I've made in this life. Secondly, I would hurt and disappoint hundreds of people, leaders, people in the church, people in my ministry that, that I've had impact. People who feel betrayed and, and friends who feel betrayed. I'd have to step down from the church. I'd have to forgive. Um, um, although God forgives me, uh, the trust would never be the same. Trust would never be the same. I would crush my kids, the godly man that they see every day in their home. My son here, right here on the front. What what that what effect that would have on him if I ever went somewhere I didn't need to go in a relationship with. And most importantly, I would devastate my wife and trust me in her relationship. She would tell you today, I have not even had jealousy or anything at home. Leon, because we have a relationship of trust. If I broke that trust, I would hurt my best friend, my mother, my children, and the one who sacrificed beyond measure. I would hurt that relationship. So the next time you're tempted, maybe you should play it for me. What devastation that would cause? What would be the result? What would be the result? So this week I want you to discuss this honestly, whether it's in your small groups, whether it's among a couple, your, your wife or your husband, or someone you're dating, 40. I want you to be asking honestly about this. Where are we currently most vulnerable to spiritual attacks? Where are we most vulnerable? And be honest because you're only as strong as you are honest. I know it's hard to be honest, but we need to be honest about where we are and what we're most vulnerable towards. Because God, what God blesses, Satan curses. What God loves, Satan attacks. And you need to compare another for your marriage. We want to talk about praying together, and I would say if you want to battle Satan, if you want to be a devil-stomping believer, a devil-stomping couple, a devil-stomping marriage, you need to intensify your prayers. Put some intensity in your prayers, not just pray. We want to talk about you know just simple prayers are good among spouses. But, but you need to step it up and you need to use what you need to raise the sword of the spirit. God says the word of God is the sword of the spirit, the word of God. You need to know scripture. You need to speak scripture. You need to know no weapon formed against my marriage shall prosper. You need to speak that. That greater is he that is in us than he, than he that is in the world. And we together are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony uh, and that we are not battling our spouse. I am not battling my spouse. We are not battling each other, but we are not battling flesh and blood, but the powers and principalities and dark places in this world. The rulers of dark places. That we claim that. Now for some of you, you might be battling Maybe you're in a marriage, you're in a relationship. 
maybe your husband or your wife, you're just you're just not they're not responsive, passive, you're disengaged. And it may be wrong example, things like that. Let me just say this. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your marriage. Fight for it. It's worth fighting for. It's something worth fighting for. It's easy to get resentful. It's easy to get angry. But let me just let me just say to each couple, for wives, instead of getting critical, instead of gossiping, instead of becoming resentful, which is easy to do, instead pray for them. Encourage them. Build him up. Let them know things like, I still believe in you. I still love you. I still I still respect you. Show them respect. And, 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 and build your relationship, not on what he's going through, what he's doing, the decisions he's made, but he made you do what is right. You build, you fight for your marriage. If you're a man, get up and lead. Get up and lead. Lead your family to Christ. Get involved in church. Serve together. Don't just fight like a man. Fight like a man of God. Be a man of God. I can, can I just say that out loud? Be a man of God. We do not have men of God in the church like we used to. We need men to step up, step up in society, be men of God, lead your families, lead your, lead your children, lead them to Christ, show them a follower of Christ, and direct your families. Be an example in your marriages. If a bad guy was coming into your house, what would you do? <laughs> what would you do? If, if, a, if a thief came into your house, what would you do? You'd protect your house. If you got up in the middle of the night, you heard something knocking on the door, you're going to get up in your tidy whities grab a bat, you're going to go at it, right? You're going to be running downstairs with a bat in your hand. You need to fight for your family. Fight your family. Fight for your family. Don't just, don't just fight like a man. Fight like a man of God. Believe that you die for them. I know you die for them. Well, live for them. Live for them. Live today. Protect them. And fight for them. I think it's important to know that when you see some of this, you know, you kind of look at, at, at marriages and you look at couples and you see the hashtag relationship goals. And, and uh, you know, the real relationship goals aren't the people in this room hanging off the side of trains, kissing, and whatever. <laughs> Those aren't relationships. The relationship goal is sitting, drinking wine in a nice restaurant, you know, in the Caribbean somewhere. That's not a relationship. A relationship goal is people having a good heart in marriage. That despite the challenges, despite the hurt, They've been fighting, and they've been praying, and they've been doing whatever it takes. They are Christ-centered, mission-driven, devil-keeping, covenant-keeping people. And are working hard. I've got friends. who I've got, I've got a couple that I, I know. And if you saw them in church, you would think they were a perfect Christian couple. Because they raise their hands. And, and cry out to God and hold the hands of church and worship together all relationship but I'll tell you it's good but it's only good because both of them are really hard both of them have been several marriages um, they've been through almost divorce on their own 
working some odd things, just some awful stuff I can't even share publicly. When you see him in church, worshiping Jesus, right? That's a relationship. That's a real relationship. It will be hard. It will take work. It will take prayer. It will take repentance. It will take commitment. Because what God blesses, the devil attacks. But greater is he is. If you believe that, if you believe that today. In fact, if you believe that today, give God some praise, okay? You don't believe that greater is he that is in the world. God greater is he that is in the world. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that he is greater? He is greater than all this. He is greater than, than your hurt. He is greater than your pain. He is greater than your rocky situation that you're in. He's greater than your financial situation that you guys just can't get past and you want to divorce over. He is greater than, than that uh, sexual temptation that is in your life that has locked you down. He can break you from that. He wants to do that today. He's asking, greater is he that is in me, the Christ that is in me, the Holy Spirit that is in me, than he that is in the world. If you believe that today, shout for praise, shout for glory because he's doing something in you. In you. Can you pray with him? Lord, give us power. The power that is found in your word and the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit to transform us. I pray for those who have given the hope. Those who have hurt those who have burnt, those have, have given up on the idea that anything ever good out of our relationship with God in our That we wouldn't realize that all we need is That someone doesn't complete us, that only Christ completes us. God, we pray that you would agree with reconciliation, restoration, healing, a miracle, working power, that our relationships with you will overcome anything the enemy throws at us. Because we are putting on the full armor of Christ. We're putting it all on. We're putting on the armor. Every piece of the armor, we're covering ourselves fully. And when we confess our sins to you, we know that you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So I pray for those relationships here that are struggling. I pray for those relationships that seem like there's no end in sight. We believe that by the power of your spirit, we would support this. And as we continue to pray, spirit of worship, spirit of honoring, what has been communicated to us With no one looking around, I would ask this question. Would you believe it if I told you that God loves you? Would you believe that? That God gave his life for you? That if you called on the name of the Lord, he would be there to That's you today. Maybe, maybe you, this is the first time for you. Maybe you've been coming for a little while. And you know that you cannot continue this life built on sin because you want 
righteousness now. You don't want to build your future on sin. You want to build your future on righteousness. Today you've got a God that loves you and wants to change life. And he wants a relationship with you. If that's you today, I'd ask you to pray with me. The magical in the prayer, it's just calling on his name. Calling the name of the Lord because Father, I believe that you are the Son of God. That you died on the cross for my sin. I believe that you are coming again. So I ask you today, Lord, come into my heart. Come into my life. Transform me. Inside out. I walk with you. Change the person. Change me. Change the woman. Jesus. Y'all give God a hand clap, shout of praise, and play. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.